Hi, and welcome to episode number 69 of Basha's Thoughts. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the possibility of life beyond narratives. And to complicate it further, the idea of going beyond mutually beneficial win-win interactions. But wait, isn't win-win interactions something we are looking forward to? Isn't that like the opposite of win-lose interactions where one party loses and you have this adversarial type of dynamics going on? Isn't win-win what we're actually hoping for? Yeah, it kind of is, but not any kind of win-win. And that's what I'm going to be talking about. But before we get to that, why are we interested in life beyond narratives? What are narratives? And uh, what roles do they actually play in our lives? Well, narratives are basically stories we tell ourselves or others have told ourselves. They can be interpretations, they can be perspectives, they can have a whole plot, a list of characters, and they can be told from a very particular point of view. They might be factual or partially factual, or they might be totally fictional. And these stories, now they get their power if somehow we believe in them. If we believe in these narratives, they start becoming true to us. Because we start thinking about them as real, and we start making our decisions based on them. And often, these stories actually tell us who we are, or at least who we believe ourselves to be. So what kinds of stories do we tell ourselves, and what kind of power do they have? How real do they become in our lives? Well, one level of stories that we tell ourselves are stories around our traumas. And these can be all sorts of traumas. They could be the developmental traumas that pretty much everyone has. And when they are set in our bodies at such an early age, they affect pretty much everything about us. How we think, how we react, what we feel, what we tend to believe, what we see as important, and so much more, even pertaining to our body and which muscles we tense, and even what our bodies look like, where we have our head. Is it in front of our head or is it right on top of our shoulders? Do we tend to put on weight easily or is it difficult for us to gain any kind of weight? All of these things are actually related to our traumas. These traumas, these developmental traumas, have to do with stories that we have believed in. And these stories are based around fear. So, these might be stories like, I am not welcome here. 
I don't deserve to be alive. Or another story might be, I don't have enough. Or others are just using me. Or humiliating me. Or parts of me are not okay. These stories then create defense mechanisms because we don't really want to see that. And so a whole personality structure is formed around that that always brings us back to the trauma and makes us react to things that trigger us in a way that is meant to protect us from having to experience this deep belief that we have that is even beyond our words because it's not something that we chose to believe. Sometimes we might not even have developed our capacity to think when we started believing these things. Like, I don't really deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be alive. Or if there is a part of me that can never be accepted, then I'll try to create a perfect personality. Whatever it is that my surroundings tell me that is desirable and perfect, well, I'll try to be that way. So if they tell me that I have to help others, then I will do that because I have to have this perfect personality. And so I will help others, but it will actually be fear-based because it's coming from the fear of not being quite good enough. There's a part of me that is not accepted. Or I could have the same idea. I have to help others, but it might actually be grounded in a slightly different fear. One that tells me that I have to help others in order to have meaning and worth. Otherwise, I am not worthy. It is only when I help others that I am worthy and valuable. These are just a few examples of some of the stories that we may be telling ourselves that are based around our developmental traumas. And these are ones that we are pretty stuck in for a long time, unless we find a way out of them. Then there are other stories. There are stories that our society tells us. There are all kinds of stories that people try to sometimes even invent in order to be able to get power because we know the power of stories. Even Plato talked about the idea that the one who controls the story, the narrative, has the power and rules society. And when we get caught up in a narrative, we become emotionally engaged. We might become quite righteous and feel, oh, this is so wrong, how can they do such a thing? We get really involved and we act. That's why war narratives are very powerful. It's important to create a particular message so that people are on the side that you want them be, to be on, whether it's true or not. And so media create different types of narratives 
and governments have their narratives, and laws are being passed to try to have control over the narrative and say what is true and what is not. Just a very recent example is the European Union that made the Digital Service Act enforceable, where they now have the power to say what is misinformation or disinformation. They can decide politically what is true, and they can enforce it by, say, going to someone who's hosting a website and tell them, well, according to us, what this website is saying is misinformation, so please take it down. So that is taking control over a narrative. So if these narratives on all kinds of levels are so powerful and it's so easy to get caught up in them, in the personal trauma, societal narratives, or even war narratives, and there is so much suffering involved in them, and sometimes or even perhaps often, they're not really true because they're always only presenting a very small part of the factual reality that is there. Is it possible to somehow find a way of living beyond these narratives? How do we not get that caught up in them? What do we need to do? Well, again, like in most of the podcast episodes, we talk about identity and the fact that as soon as we identify with something, as soon as we believe in it and say, this is the truth, this is who I am, we limit ourselves and we go into a role where fear becomes a part of it, and a real part of it, because now we have to defend this role that we have decided to play. And if we really believe that this is who we are, then it's a matter of life and death. We have to fight to be able to preserve ourselves, or the role that we have believed we are, the limitation that we have seen ourselves as. If, on the other hand, we are able to see it as a role, as a game, as something we're playing, trying out, as a partial perspective, then it's not as life and death. It is not as fearful to change it, become something else. And we can actually go deeper into the role and have a lot more fun because there is so much less fear around it. If we can learn to not believe our thoughts so much. I think I have an episode about not believing our thoughts. And if we can let go of these identities that we're creating around all of these roles that we're playing, how do we do that? And uh, who do we identify ourselves as? Well, we identify ourselves with our essence, the one who is here, who is, is present, is able to experience all of this. 
we open up to the possibility of an ever-present, limitless, loving creator awareness, something that is creative and beautiful. We try to find ways of spending time in that state, whatever it might be, whatever might be taking us slowly into that state, taking us in that direction. Is it being in nature and seeing something amazing that takes your breath away? Is it thinking about a particular person or even an animal that just opens your heart and takes you there? And are you able to move beyond your thoughts into a space of peace that then starts to become infused with a sense of love and then even bliss and just spending time in that type of blissful awareness beyond identities. When we do that, then that becomes more of our identity than the roles that we play here. And it becomes easier not to take it so seriously and not to believe in it as the truth, but as one possible story and learning from it and playing with it. Because interestingly enough, when we actually move into that kind of space, we also move into a dynamics that is beyond the mutually beneficial win-win type of situation. And it moves us into something that is transcendent, something that is deeply beautiful, feels magical, alive, and deeply meaningful. But to get there, let's first take a look at what is this mutually beneficial win-win that I'm talking about. Well, it's a situation where I might assist another person and they might assist me in exchange. This is almost like barter. I give you this if you give me that. Great. We are both happy with the exchange. And this can be taken to all kinds of situations. Some people even view relationships this way. They might say that relationships are actually compromises. Well, you know, you have to give up some of the things that you like for the other person. So you have to compromise. And the better you are at compromising, the better your relationships will be. Because what you do is the following, they say. You say, okay, I will go and see that movie that I really am not at all interested in, but I will go with you to the movies. If you go with me to that social event that you don't really like, but I really want to be at, and it's so much better for me if I go with you, then we compromise. I do something that I don't really like, and you do something that you don't really like. Another exchange, mutually beneficial, but not deeply satisfying, meaningful, inspirational, uplifting. It certainly is or feels a lot more satisfying than a win-lose situation where you just whack the other person over the head 
and say, now I'm stronger, you do what I want to do. Well, it might feel better for the person doing the whacking for a little bit, but actually that also is not deeply meaningful, inspirational, fun, or even lasting. So the win-lose situations, the adversarial type of dynamics, mm, is not so interesting. The mutually beneficial exchanges that are win-win are not as deeply satisfying either. So what is this idea of going beyond a mutually satisfying win-win situation? Well, that is where your actions come from beauty, love. They come from this deep sense of awe. You can think about maybe a situation where you felt deeply in love with someone and you just wanted to act from that space. That is a way of acting that is beyond the mutually beneficial. You are not thinking about how will I benefit from this if I go ahead and do this thing. Instead, you are acting from a wider sense of I, connecting to the love that is our essence, and acting from a broader sense of I, from the beauty of it all. You act because you have this natural desire wanting to live from the love that you feel. You want to express the love that you feel for the other person, the world, whatever it might be that you may be focused on in the moment. And this is also what service becomes. You do not serve others because you have to. You do not serve others because you're paid to. You do not serve others because of a personal trauma that maybe tells you that you have to be perfect and serve others. Or maybe you have to serve others because otherwise you're not worthy. Instead, you act because you feel the love and beauty. You see all in them. You see God in them. You see the divine beauty in them. And you wish to express that love that you feel. And how do you know if this is what you're doing or if you're actually acting from some kind of a fear-based, trauma-related, perhaps, personal narrative? Well, you can ask yourself, hey, would I be okay with myself? Feel divinely connected and deeply satisfied if I never helped another being for the rest of my life? Would I be okay with that? And if there's something inside of you that tells you no, because that's not right, because now look at what kinds of stories come up. 
These will be the defense mechanisms that have been built up around a particular fear. If, on the other hand, you're totally okay with not helping anyone else, then what will naturally occur is that you actually will be helping others from this natural desire of wanting to live the love that you feel. And now these win-win situations will feel deeply meaningful, alive, inspired, and breathtakingly beautiful. This is beyond the mutually beneficial win-win. And when we are able to rest in this beautiful essence of ours and not take our thoughts as seriously and not take others' thoughts as seriously and not identify with them, then we will have an easier time of moving beyond life within narratives. These are just some of the thoughts that I've been having lately around a dynamics that permits us to move beyond narratives and beyond the mutually beneficial win-win types of situation and moves us into a magical type of place where you feel inspired and really connected to something that feels meaningful and beautiful. That was it for today. Perhaps I'll talk to you in another podcast episode. Take care.